Kia ora, you are listening to the Vet Thrive Collective Podcast. My name is Megan Alderson and I'm a wellbeing advocate for the veterinary profession and everybody within it. Join me on a global journey finding a collective of wellbeing innovators and thought leaders sowing seeds of change to bring our industry into a place where we can be happy, healthy, flourish and thrive. Welcome to episode 8 of the Vet Thrive Collective Podcast where we're talking to Olivia Ogenska positive psychologist, veterinarian, and a coach, Vet Gone Real. This girl is going to be telling us a little bit about how to create a psychologically safe workplace. There's so much that goes on within our work environment, the conflicts, the personalities, the life that we lead as veterinary professionals. This episode will give you absolute gold when it comes down to wanting to look at our self-awareness and be leaders in the future. Today we're going to be talking to Liv, all the way from the UK. We're on the opposite sides of the world today, but showing you that a global community is out there talking about well-being. So welcome, Olivia. Thank you so much, Megan. I'm very happy to see you today because I can see you. Listeners cannot, but they can hear us. So hopefully it's going to be a good conversation today. It definitely is. I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. We always start this podcast by digging down a little bit into who are you. This week, some of our Vet Thrive sessions, we've been doing a, a, a pepiha. And a pepiha is just really delving down into where we come from. And I've got a, a crew that comes from all around the world. We haven't got anyone from where you come from, but the closest probably being Belarus. Like veterinary teams, are, we do find that they're made up of a diverse background. So tell me a little bit about where do you come from? So originally I'm from Poland, but I live now in the UK. I spent the last seven years here in the UK and that has been my home for a long time. It will be changing next year, but so far I am here. Coming to the um, good so side yeah. of the world. <laughs> yes, I'm hoping for that very much. That is a plan, but I graduated as a veterinary professional in Poland. So that was seven years ago. And now I work in the UK. My whole life is now in English. As you can imagine, it was turning my life upside down the moment I came in here. But I'm very happy and grateful to, to be where I am now and hopefully joining you there soon. And your Papa, which is basically where your people came from and what really led into that veterinary profession that we are now in. And I know you've cracked on to do something else, but let's talk about why you became a veterinarian. Have you got that in your family background or you're the first one that loved animals? I'm the first one. To be honest, my whole family loves animals, but no one was a vet before me. To be honest, half of my family, they're dentists. Oh, my dad's <laughs> so a dentist too. There we go. Something in common. <laughs> yes, definitely. So they are medical professionals. But no, I always loved animals. So that was very my initial need to do something with them. I was always the curious child, sticking my fingers in cats' mouths, always scratched, always bitten. <laughs> I always wanted to know what was there. So there was that curiosity, I think, that guided me even more than love and care for animals. And then with time, when I started studying, I will never forget that moment when I was studying. I think it was immunology, where you suddenly realize how 
complex body is, that this is near a miracle that all those particles somehow match with one another and interact and play with one another. And then you re- realize this is just unbelievable. And I fell in love with the science of veterinary medicine. So yeah, that was, I was more that Pasnik was science oriented than even that mission to save the world of animals. I loved the complexity of the medicine. Oh, that's really interesting because I can see now, like I know that your career went down the path of looking into surgery. And I think about being a veterinary surgeon is that those moving parts are incredible. (laughs) And we often like talk to our clients about like if you went to your mechanic it would cost this much to fix your car but try getting them to do that while it's actually running it's another thing I think you are the first veterinarian who has told me that they're curious about looking in cat's mouths so I'm like there's something just some place I would just not really think about but I think you're right curiosity in the cat I just think this is something that's coming across in all the people we talk to is that we're really connected to that nature and the why of the nature and how can we help. And so you're still a veterinarian and working as a GP now, but let's talk about your the flip side of live. It's positive psychology. Now I looked into this and I thought too many people for me, but tell me about how did you get there to say, okay, this is what I want to do? I think the same curiosity. Believe it or not, as I was interested in knowing what was inside a cat's mouth as a child, I laugh sometimes that instead of cutting into animals' bodies, I cut into humans' brains now. And it's absolutely fascinating. And to me, understanding the team dynamics is like a jigsaw puzzle. And it helps me to understand what is happening there and then helping the team members and the leaders in especially to also understand those dynamics. It's like a little mystery that I need to solve. And it's absolutely fascinating to me. Asking questions, being very inquisitive, trying to find sense and put people on the same page so that they can understand one another. I think that led me into positive psychology. And because I focus on emotional intelligence, that is my niche within positive psychology so even digging deeper into that topic that is particularly focused on those dynamics between people and because we are not only our bodies but also minds it will never be boring to me (laughs) emotional intelligence that's eq i feel like i've only really just heard those words probably in the last five years when did it start to come out in the world as something that we actually needed to be aware of to me, came through my studies. So as I did my master's on my training and loads and loads and loads of research because my master's focused on the compassion and EQ within the veterinary profession. So I started digging deeper into the topic and I realized that, oh my goodness, this is something that impacts every single aspect of our clinical world, even though we never talk about that in our clinical setting. It is that. So discovering that was incredibly eye-opening to me. I was basically talking a little bit before the show here about Tifari Tapafar. There was a couple of pillars that we talked about. There's a physical pillar. We know that we need good health to be a veterinarian. We need to be like able to get out there as a veterinary professional and do our jobs. But the emotional and mental pillar is 
equally as important. And I guess this is where we really would need to shore up that wall. So tell me about how you're doing this with Vet Gone Real. Where does that name come from? It's interesting because you asked me before about maybe my why, what pulled me into profession and into diversifying. The moment when I started actually diving deeper into psychology, which has always been my parallel passion, allowed me to actually be my real self. Hence why that gone real. But also my why of my current profession is to help people to be comfortable with who they really are without trying to hide, without punishing themselves. So I really would like them to help them to become their real selves. And this idea about being your real self, about using your strengths, finding out what you can do, what where you can grow, where you can become better, where you can communicate better, build relationships. All those elements are the elements of emotional intelligence. And we need emotional intelligence in building ourselves and others and the relationships between us. Yes, because I think we can tick the box with intelligence <laughs> because we, we don't get to be a, a veterinary professional without having some kind of scientific acumen. But the emotional quotient <laughs> that we need is really is only just coming through in new, um, undergraduate programs, isn't it? And I guess there's a lot of us out there that when we think about emotional intelligence, we either have it or we don't. Can you grow it? Can you learn it? Yeah, cognitive intelligence is pretty much set in stone by our early 20s. But emotional intelligence, and I prefer to call it emotion, emotional agility, because it's a set of skills. We can develop them throughout our whole lives. No matter where you are, where you're from, your age, your profession, your education, we can all grow it. There's loads of research that this is why it's so fun, fascinating, because you can really learn how to become more emotionally agile. And that sounds quite exciting. I like the, the thought of agility. I just want to you know, think about my dog running around and thinking, actually, I could jump that next hurdle and have a better conversation with that team member. Be less reactive, be more responsive and actually learn those skills as a leader. So that journey is from anyone 20 years old up in the profession. We also talk about, there's two things. I think when I think about live, I think about hashtag human savvy. <laughs> so here, and hashtag <laughs> incivility. So Let's chat about those two things and what they mean to you. And I guess the why, I did wonder if you've been on the backside of the worst parts of the profession. I know on any busy day that contagion that somebody can bring to work if they're having a bad day at home. 100%. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I was part of civil behaviours. And I must say, I, I must have been uncivil myself many times in my life. Absolutely. We've all been into gossip at some point of our life. So I would say that I definitely did my part in there, unfortunately. But I've also faced a lot of incivility that was expressed towards me, against me. And it was a very painful experience to me. I was severely bullied and that, that definitely transformed my life life. Now I'm grateful that something like that happened to me that pushed me towards the changes towards where I am now. However, at that time, it was extremely difficult. And you mentioned the emotional contagion. You mentioned becoming human savvy and also what incivility has to do with all that. It's all closely related. Incivility comes from the emotions that were not managed properly. 
emotional contagion not managed properly can turn into incivility and managing emotions properly is possible through emotional intelligence. So that is all very closely related. If we increase our EQ, we work on it. We increase our self-awareness. We become more in charge of how we experience life and what we impose on others around us. Then we can also manage the amount of incivility that we have around us, what we do with that emotion. And does it turn into something that infects others or maybe it gives something beautiful, adds something beautiful into their lives? I love that because, you know, I think like us all who are out there in our career profession and looking after our carers, um, it comes from a deep place of knowing we've sat in that chair or we've sat, we've stepped into those shoes and we've learned and we've showed, shown this doesn't need to be like this and we are going to make a change so that more people out there have less experience with incivility and bullying through education and learning. So I'm very excited about your ability to, you know, teach this to teams across the world. I see you're in Poland and the next minute in UK and in Ireland yesterday. So I'm kind of like, wow, okay, there's only one live. How are you preaching this good word and how are you teaching teams? Um, I know actually for a fact that a team in New Zealand, Aotearoa, has recently done one of your courses. So it is definitely something that every team should look at. Every manager or any business owner should be considering as part of their well-being toolbox is bringing the positive back into the profession and making sure that those behaviours are, I guess, seen early and dealt with in a kind and careful way. So tell me about the sessions, this emotional toolbox. There's so many tools, so many things that you can do. It really depends on the need. But basically every uncivil behavior comes from some unfulfilled need. So discovering what is it that people are missing, where is that pain coming from? Incivility is a sign of pain. So if I discover with the team where the pain is coming from, then we start approaching that in a very tailored way. For example, if people feel unsafe, if someone feels disrespected, then we try to develop the emotional skills around that. How can I provide more safety to my team? How can I make them feel more appreciated, more respected? What are things that cause that uh, that's feeling of being disrespected. The workshop that you mentioned, in that workshop, we talk about managing difficult clients. It's the same when we interact with clients. Our emotional intelligence is very useful because when a client is distressed, when a client is being abusive and difficult towards us, it comes from some unfulfilled need. It does. So it's in our hands to find out that it is. Yeah. And I struggle with this, you know, one of my strengths is individualization. So I can actually step into other people's bodies and go, okay, I know where you're coming from, but not so much my team. So when you are faced with it, and obviously I've been in the professional 30 years, so I've been there a long time and seen a lot of people and I and respect anyone in my consult room who respects their animals. So I have a good relationship with clients. However, when I do see them treating some of my team members disrespectfully or incivilly, I think, wow, okay, can we teach that to our team members and again we just say don't take it personally never make assumptions and speak with integrity but uh, yeah I think it's gold isn't it because a lot of I think a lot of the mental health challenges we have as veterinary professionals come from the conflicts 
that we've had in our workday and creating that psychologically safe workplace is quite hard as a business owner given that you've got so many different interactions every day that are somewhat out of your control. So teaching those emotional shields are are so important. Now, I've got a couple of other words that I pulled out to ask you about. Mm. Radical responsibility. (laughs) Tell me about that. that. It is all about recognizing what is within your control, really. And that's very useful when when we talk about emotions and how we manage them. So you mentioned that uh, as a leader, it's very difficult to avoid the conflicts within the team team is very difficult to create that safe environment for the team members. But if everyone starts taking the responsibility within the relationship, so how do we show up? How do we treat one another? In fact, we are not responsible for other people's emotions, but we are responsible for how we trigger them and what we decide to feel ourselves and what we do from there on. So it's quite a big topic, but basically that radical responsibility helps us to pinpoint where I can influence things. And those things that are not within my influence, there I should not worry about them because it's a waste of time and energy and it just debilitates our mental health. So radical responsibility is very healthy. It's all about the boundaries, but also taking charge of what you can take charge Oh, I love you. I'm going to put that in a bottle and give everyone one for Christmas. I love that because you're quite right. I think I've got a team that is 70% relationship driven, and that's probably quite similar to teams around the country. And when I have disharmony, a good example is we've had five new team members join us, and I know it's, there's going to be disruption and we're going to be storming for a wee while before we performing again, that disharmony is deeply upsetting for them. And this is the times that we, can I get them faster back on the tracks, on the bus, on my boat, on my walker and get it sailing again. So tips and tricks to do that is is basically sound like take a course with Liv. As a leader, what would you advice be? What actually makes them a little bit stressed around the situation? Because if they're off balance, it must be that they feel unsure how to approach the new person. It might be that they worry that person will disrupt their work. There's again some worries there. So find out what is it. And then if we know what the little enemy is, we know how to target that thing, that little monster, how to tame it. So gain the information, be vulnerable enough and ask them, guys, I know you're scared. There must be something that is unsettling to you. Tell me what it is. Let's think about it together. And what can we do to alleviate that um, stress a little bit together? Sounds like good advice. I've got a partner in my business and she's much better at that than I am. I'm basically coming with Madeleine Albright saying, any woman who does not be kind to another woman, watch out. But yeah, I think you're right. And we can, this is always going to be a problem within veterinary yeah, absolutely. teams. It's Agreed. Be always challenging. So I would say maybe not a problem, but something that will make it always interesting. <laughs> It is. We recently had a wellbeing conference in Aotearoa and we're looking forward to seeing you championing Olivia for next year. And basically the whole room got to ask, what does wellbeing mean to you? And the biggest word came out is self-awareness, which was interesting. For me, it was having healthiness and happiness. But self-awareness was the biggest word that came out on that word cloud. And I guess that's what well-being truly is. And I just thought that's really intriguing, that knowing 
what you need. You'll be able to bring yourself home. We talked a bit about that and it says self-awareness. You deserve to know the truth. So it's about finding out. And these are blind spots for us as veterinary professionals, isn't it? Like we have our professional identity, but our personal identity is, is oftentimes something that's quite hard for us to uncover or positive psychology is that where that takes you so is that instead of clinical psychology organizational psychology I'm still trying to work out what all the psychologies do for us as business owners individuals and teams what you said about self-awareness it's I love it that this is what people said as an answer to the question about well-being because the thing is that You will never be happy if you do not know what it means to you individually, because it's such a subjective thing. Um, And just like you said, we all deserve to know the truth and that self-awareness. It's really the first step to change our life the way we want to change it or increase our strengths, amplify some things. But we need to know about ourselves, because if we don't know, no one will ever give that to us if we ourselves do not know what makes us healthy and happy. And I'm still working on that. <laughs> but that's the Vet Thrive journey and that's talking to people from around, around the world because it's a sort of a personal journey into like what really makes me happy. And I know certain elements. I have my 10 best things that might be walking with my dog on the beach as one of them. And again, just looking at nature and I found quiet time in meditation. I found some things that I really enjoy and which really helped me to flourish. But yeah, it is a journey. And I think for our younger team members out there, just there's no quick, there's no like cheating. (laughs) You just have to actually, you have to actually take it step by step one day at a time. And actually, I guess, let's go back to it, be curious. So tell me a story about last week with the vet teams. You're also being a veterinarian. My life is a little bit crazy at the moment, but in the best positive way. Last month, I spent at various events. I was really fortunate to speak at some congresses like London Vet Show, at BSAVA before that and then traveling in different places in the country, so in the UK, but also to Ireland to do the workshops. So it's a lot of traveling. It's very engaging for me. It's a lot of energy that I invest in there, but it also really gives me so much satisfaction meeting those teams, those leaders. And it really makes my work easier and really makes me very happy because more and more leaders are interested in supporting their teams also from that psychological perspective. And they take their own radical responsibility, their role in the process of creating healthy teams. I can provide that to you. And that's not it. That's not everything. I will join the workshop with you guys and I'm going to learn myself. So observing those leaders just makes my heart sing. I'm very happy to see it. You're right, because we couldn't get those people in the room for a long time, I think, in the veterinary profession. And I think now it's get in the tent or get out of the business. (laughs) I really do think that's the time. If those leaders or business owners aren't in that tent at that time with their team, then forget it. We have to learn together. So magical stuff. And again, for 2023 as a business, we're really looking into actually where next and growing this this opportunity to learn more together is something we're really looking forward to. So um, we'll definitely be joining up with Liv to do the next course. I think we've been pretty 
hard hit these last couple of years. I feel we really have been chopped wood, carry water, and now it's time to actually get the boat sailing again and move on. So we really look forward to being with opportunities like you live in in 2023. We'll go down to the magic wand question, and I think you've probably even said what your magic wand is with uh, having those leaders in the room, but if you did have a magic wand and you could change anything in the veterinary profession right now, what would I it would be? go back to that self-awareness. I would make everyone completely self-aware because it means knowing that you are really worthy, that you've got all those beautiful things about you, that you don't have to envy others. You don't have to feel worse than others. You've got everything that you need within you already. So that's self-awareness. Oh, I love that. Can I come and give you a hug over there? I'm just like, no, I feel like I need a big hug now. (laughs) Oh, that's just lovely. Yeah, I just love that. How did you get to where you are? Who are the influences that got you to To here? To really get to the point when I work with the leaders, I was inspired by fantastic leaders, people who are really good at what they're doing. And they, even though they were fantastic clinicians, surgeons, they were still the most humble, open-minded people. So they really inspired me to start working with other leaders who are not there just yet, who are not exactly like my role models. And then to have a chance to work with the leaders, it took me a very long time, probably three years until I gained trust where people saw that actually what I do is important and can be very helpful. So it was a long journey and I needed to be patient. And that is not my strength. My yeah, friend. I've got the same problem. I'm like, it's here, guys. <laughs> we, it's right in front of us. You know? This is what we do. This is going to help. And then it's like silence, <laughs> silence out there. I know what you mean. But look, Liv, look, we're out there campaigning and saying that we do all of those listeners out there, especially anyone who's had a hard week or who has had some kind of with a team member, that this work is coming and is available. And certainly contacting Liv is pretty easy on LinkedIn. She's very responsive to any messages. Also my website, which is behumansavvy.com. So that's easy. Um, and then send me an email. I am very responsive. I have to admit that I'm addicted to my email box and my messages. Boundaries, girl. Mm, I know. <laughs> Let's I talk know. boundaries. I work on that, but I'm happy to answer any questions uh, and support, especially the leaders who are thinking, am I on the right path? Is my EQ there? What should I do? How can I improve? I do do those 360s assessments, help people to find out where they are on that map and just take the right steps so they don't waste time or resources because we don't have those. We don't have time to waste. So this is why I really like everything to be very practical and targeted. They know exactly what to do in their training sessions and in their leadership development. And I think feel the fear and do it anyway. A lot of leaders will not engage because they're worried about what they have to do. The results of doing what needs to be done, as you said, getting that diagnosis and actually focusing on that is just gold. So we encourage all the leaders out there to be looking into those opportunities, shall we say, to create a fantastic and well future for your teams. So thanks, Liv. We really enjoyed having you on the Vet Thrive Collective podcast. And I think thank you for your time. And I know it's bedtime for you. Very 
interesting conversation and just knowing that you're out there gives us a lot of hope. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Megan. And you're doing a fantastic job yourself. So thank you for that from our community. You have been listening to the Vet Thrive Collective Podcast. To stay up to date with the latest in veterinary professional well-being across the globe, join the conversation by following Vet Thrive on LinkedIn. Subscribe to the Vet Thrive Collective Podcast at Apple Podcasts and Spotify.